Hello and welcome back to the Linked Legacy Podcast. We're just tearing up this carnival. You know what I've noticed? I've noticed that these characters, uh, being fifth level characters, are just stomping these carnival games. And I think I think being a fifth level character puts you at an unfair advantage. <laughs> Mika's doing so well at these games. It's lovely. You're right, Griffin. We should be sixth level. <laughs> Or, or the game should be tuned for six-level characters. Uh, yeah, being a monk, I think, is probably the strongest carnival game class. Might be. What a weird flex. Weird, weird flex. <laughs> I mean, that's why they unchained it, right? It was too overpowered with the carnival games. Yeah, yeah. I mean, when you take that carny archetype of the monk, it just really expands your options. Yeah. So how's everybody doing? You guys ready? Uh, you you had a pie eating contest. Now that you've had your fill, explore some of the uh, some of the other wonders of Quill's Carnival. Yeah, you have dropped so many interesting little tidbits in the last episode that we have yet to explore. I feel like there's a lot of really good stuff in our future. I don't think I'll disagree with that. I think there's a lot still to come, and I think it's all going to be good. When we last hung out with these characters, we went on a sleigh ride. We had a bar fight and a pie-eating contest. And we had our first combat, and it went relatively smoothly, although all of you were trying to not hurt the lumberjacks and do non-lethal damage. But I think it, it went pretty well for this group. Maybe you're meshing a little bit. Obviously, Godfrey getting people wet was a, was a huge boon. And so now we find ourselves at the, at the victory ceremony of the pie-eating contest, that Mika has just won. I believe we had a couple characters that were interested in the candy apples. I don't know yeah. if Mika is interested anymore in eating two pies in a slice. No, she is very full right now. You're very full, okay. So Arabella, uh, presumably followed by Willie B, and maybe the rest of the party, heads towards the candy apple tent. Before this small tent, a charming old woman rocks easily in her wicker chair happily spitting apples on clean whittled sticks and dipping them into a pot of sweet sticky caramel. Parents and children patiently wait their turns to purchase her crisp confections. And that's what you're doing too. You're waiting in line here and you only have to wait a couple people before the old woman rocking in her chair introduces herself. Oh, hello dearies. My name is Goethe. Welcome to my candied apple tent. Um, are you, are you interested in a candied apple or maybe a sample? No, thank you. No. Why, why have you waited in line and taken up space? Oh, they want one. I don't. Uh, you could have stood over there. You make the children a bit unsettled with your appearance, dear. They unsettle me, too. Yes, but they're customers. I guess that's a good point. That's all he's got to say. You're certainly off-putting. Are any of you um, looking to buy something? Yes, I would love one caramel apple. Uh, that is one copper piece, dear. Perfect. Here. Don't act so excited. Goodness me. She hands you the caramel apple. Yeah, Arabella's going to look at it, and she's going to put it up to her mouth a couple times and try and eat it and realize this is going to be very messy and unflattering. She's going to pull out her knife and start cutting it into more manageable... Peeling the caramel apple? No, just cutting it, not peeling. 
You guys pronounce paramel weird. Has anyone ever said that? Yeah, I mean... Caramel apple? Maybe that's just how Gripply say it. I think it's caramel. 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 Okay, well, we can we can settle our differences with a combat with Gerda if you'd like. No, thanks. Okay. It's it's at this time that you turn and you do see... Um, you probably hear it first. There's... <coughs> you see a little child holding a stick with half an apple on it. And suddenly, the child seems like they're gasping, but their coughing stops and they're making no noise. Oh my god, Godfrey, you're like real good with kids. What's going on with him? Oh my dear, he seems to have a frog in his throat or something. He'll go hop over to check him out. Can definitely tell that he's choking. You could make a heal check to attempt to save him. I would like to aid. Still really bad with kids. (laughs) Probably no need. 19 on the die. Uh, That goes to a 29. (laughs) Damn. How do you know you've been anatomy so well? So... The fairy Godfrey mother descends on the scene quickly, assessing the situation, seeing that a child is choking on too large of a bite of a caramel apple and begins administering the uh, Heimlich maneuver. With that check, the hunk of apple flies out of the child's esophagus. (gasps) Oh my goodness. Thank you, mister. Oh, absolutely. I I can can never let a child's suffering go unattended. Word's been going around the carnival. Are are you the fairy godfrey mother? Perhaps? You you do keep using that name around me. I think you mean me. Yes, I think you refer to me. All the kids in the carnival are talking. Looks like you're the one giving out free sleigh rides. Now, don't get ahead of yourself, kid. I I just saved you, okay? That's that's all I needed. I just, (laughs) you know, we've just, I've, I've heard of you. I'm Thank you for saving me. Oh my god, we're like heroes. Yeah, we're heroes, yes. (laughs) Start firing my gun off into the air (laughs) in celebration. (laughs) Yeah, you have yet to fire that thing. I'm not firing it into the air. It's Chekhov's gun. It has to fire before the end of the module. (laughs) We'll see. (laughs) Fire this gun before the end of the module for sure. If I don't fire it by the end of the episode, I'm going to be pissed. (laughs) Listen, I, I don't control the speed of Carnival going, okay? <laughs> you guys do. So, what do you want to do next? You've gotten food. There are other areas to explore. Uh, areas of note, you know that there's the Tent of Modern Marvels, which is in the northwestern corner of the map. You saw some things on your on your sleigh ride that uh, were around the lake. You know there's activities that you could be doing on the lake. But the carnival is your oyster. You've already seen most of what's at the southern end of the carnival, though. So um, you kind of have, like, the ice maze and what's going on around the lake to explore. Mika yawns really loud, uh, really large and loudly. I think I'm ready for a nap just about now. Just kidding. <laughs> I need to walk off all this pie I just ate. I want to go to the maze. That was unprompted. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I already have my great treasure uh, for the egg mother. He shows the porcelain dolls and the human slaying arrow. I'm making off like a bandit today. I could wander around a maze a little bit. Yeah, like why not? So it sounds like everyone's going. Okay. I heard no. Yeah, I heard heard nothing. But I guess uh, silence is consent here. Yes. Let's let's go. So you... (laughs) 
So you head around the from from your spot you're heading to the north and to the west around the lake and you do see the stage that you had uh, seen prior while you were in the sleigh and you see the fireworks there and you also see uh, now that you're kind of not moving and you're going slower if you look into the lake it looks like there's some other areas where fireworks are set up on like croppings of land around that bridge you see to the north as you're kind of rounding the edge a small encampment of wagons and tents uh, resting near the entrance to the ice maze in the center of this encampment sits a tremendous iron cage Inside paces a hulking, dark-haired minotaur performing displays of strength for an unruly audience of carnival goers who gawk and jeer at the great beast. Children dare one another to pull the beast's mangy hair or pelt it with snowballs, hoping to elicit a fierce snarl from the terrible beast, which then sends a kid scattering. A brightly painted plaque bolted to the bars of the cage reads, Mighty Gradzal, the monstrous minotaur. So that's kind of where the crowd is. They're, they're interested in this Minotaur. You also see at the shore a trio of strange-looking gnomes scurrying about, and they're struggling to lug tremendous blocks of ice onto a small field on the northern riverbank. Uh, the area is roped off, and signs posted about read, Do not enter. As ice blocks are moved into rows, the strange creatures drape the bl- blocks with blankets to obscure them from the public view all while shooing away fairgoers attempting to watch. A banner above the field reads Gretel Muggers Traveling Ice Carving Contest. A hundred gold to the grandest chipper. Wow. Quick clarification. What do the figures look like? That You, pr- you describe them strangely? or uh, they, they just look like eccentric gnomes. Oh, okay. They have these big bushy beards, uh, strangely colored in in blues and grays. Can I? I would like to walk up and ask any of them how to enter. Oh, hey, the contest has not begun yet. You need to leave, please. Uh, Do you see the sign? It says do not enter here. Uh, We are going to need you to step aside. We're trying to cover these ice blocks with blankets because that's what the boss says we're supposed to do. You need to get out of here. If you want to come back, it'll happen after the fireworks display. People will start uh, chipping and uh, we'll announce the the winners um, in the evening. That's okay. Like, I can leave. I just... Just like, how do you join? Uh, you gotta come here and you gotta enter the contest. You gotta be one of the chippers. You gotta, uh, you gotta come with a chipper attitude. Hey. Oh my god, I think I've got it. Okay, great. You don't strike me as a chipper, very chipper person. I'm pretty good judge of character. You kind of seem like a. And you seem like you're being really rude. I seem like I work here. Um, I don't. I don't like that. What? You want to talk to my manager? Why don't you get out of here? Because the sign says you should probably leave. I just asked a question. Yeah, and I gave you an answer. Straight up. Fine. She's going to leave. And he you could definitely hear him like shit talking you to the other folks. <laughs> what an asshole. Uh, finally you approach the ice maze. You see two tall columns of hard packed snow that mark a gaping entrance into the ice maze. Beyond, shimmering ice walls climb into a mammoth labyrinth of twisting frigid corridors. So are there any sort of uh signs or somebody at the entrance or something is literally just the point of this to go through a maze yeah it literally looks like you could just walk right in there's a sign with a bull head on it like a a painted bull head 
and it says, catch a golden ring, win a prize. Mm. And you can see, like, the bull has the the traditional septum bull ring. Mm. I, I wonder what the prize is if you get the ring. We'll just have to win to find out. I'm sure it's something lovely. Let's go. So you guys enter into the maze, and the terrain's kind of awkward. It's um, icy, and, you know, as you round a corner, you see a frightening shape appear above you, and uh, you're startled for a second, and then you realize it's just like a snow. Somebody made a minotaur out of snow, and it looms over you. Everybody make me a reflex save. Oh, no. (laughs) No, Minotaur is one of those words that I've always read and never heard pronounced. I thought it was minotaur. That's also what I say. I think it's a split word. Yeah, it's like... Be a 15. Godfrey has a natural one for a sip. 20 for Micah. 12. 25. Okay, all three boys fall on their asses on the ice, uh, each taking one point of non-lethal damage as your tailbones (laughs) hurt. Suddenly you spot movement ahead of you, ahead down the down the row that you are walking down in the maze. Looks like ahead of you is a T intersection and something has just run across the T. Make a perception check. Ooh. I may be on my ass, but I am on my game at 25. Same here. 14. 31. Ooh. 20. Yeah, you, you could make out what looks like a person wearing a bull head head looks like it's made of like paper mache but they're running the other direction and you see a couple of fair goers chasing them can i do a sense motive sure hmm. i bet they're trying to catch the ring on that bull wow you've sensed the motive without <laughs> him needing nice. to roll let's go get him we want to win the prize right mm, yes uh so without waiting to make sure the whole party is behind her she dashes off using her fast movement <laughs> as a as a monk. Okay, you have fast movement. This is a fucking carny. You're going to catch him. OP for so, carnival games. Like I told you, the monk is ridiculous for carnival games. Once you catch up, you need to make a um, unarmed attack roll, which for you is just a regular oh. attack roll. OP. OP for carnival games. It's ridiculous how OP this monk is for carnival games. I can't, can't even believe it. An 18... You miss. Wow. You fail to grasp the the ring from the carny with the bullhead, and he slips past you and gets away. So I, I assume you continue your chase, and the rest of the party is, like, huffing and puffing. He's He dodges past you and goes down the other way. And so, um, let's see. I'll say the next fastest is probably our other tall person. So, Arabella, you can... As it runs past you, you can make an attack of opportunity. It's an unarmed attack. Okay. 20. You hit it right on the nose and grab the ring. Ooh. Nice. Ah, yes. So you have a ring. You can continue through the maze. You see a lot of what now appear to be, like, set-up hazards. So the carnies in here, like, uh, purposely wet certain areas to make it slick, make it difficult to run around in. And obviously the carnies themselves know how to avoid that kind of stuff. So they're kind of outpacing most of the most of the non-monk uh, fairgoers. <laughs> you also see several like snow statues and sculptures and stuff meant to scare people in the maze, all invoking that kind of minotaur imagery because obviously they have a, there's a live one um, over in the cage. 
Anyone can make a knowledge nature if they want to know more about Minotaurs. How much do you know about Minotaurs? Godfrey knows an, man? an 18 worth of Minotaur, not Minotaur knowledge. Well, you get one question with an 18. Um, well, so what special abilities would a Minotaur have? You think that they have a powerful charge. So when they charge and make an attack, it deals extra damage. They can bull rush you. They, they're especially cunning in a maze. Uh, it's called natural cunning, but they don't get lost in mazes. They know exactly where they are. And you think you know, most, most Minotaurs can see in the dark, hit you extra hard, that kind of thing. Cool, cool. Mika got a 22. Yeah, with a 22, you would get two questions. What's the typical alignment for this type of creature? They're typically chaotic evil, so they're typically evil creatures. Do they have any weaknesses? Uh, they don't really have any weaknesses. I'll roll that over. Uh, they're equally bad at reflex and will saves. Okay. Would you tell the party? Uh, yeah, definitely. Okay. Because uh, Willie will feel a little bit less bad now that it was there was one in a cage. Hmm. Wouldn't it just be funny to watch this one run around the maze? It would be so much harder to catch than these silly carnies. I mean, like, you didn't catch this one. But yeah, that would be so much fun. Like, I think that'd be a great activity for us. No. Uh, no. Um, <laughs> very much so. Uh, disagree with you, dear Mika. The destruction that would undoubtedly ensue. I was just kidding. Don't you know that about me already? Oh, uh, of course. <laughs> My apologies. Well, I wonder if we shouldn't turn in this ring and get the, get the prize. Mm. Don't we have to make it through the rest of the maze to do that? Ah, I guess so. Mm. Onward. It's not overly difficult. Everybody make me a survival check. 28. 4. 16. 9. Yeah, Comstock says, should we get through the rest of the maze and then immediately lead you through the rest of the maze? (laughs) (laughs) It's like like he knew exactly where the exit was. It's like he was a Minotaur. In a former life, before I was an emissary, I I, I wandered around a lot of caves. I know my way through a tunnel. Well, we are not in a tunnel. Uh, It's kind of like a tunnel with an open roof. Don't know where you're going. Well, Walls on every side. I do see a fair bit of similarities there. You're figuring it out. So you find the, I guess, nose ring redemption booth, we'll call it? Yeah! The nose That's ring right. redemption booth. There's a carny there. Her eyes grow wide as she sees that somebody has caught one of the, um, one of the five rings in the maze. Oh my! We haven't had somebody catch a ring today! Well, come... Get your prize. Okay, what do we get? You get a stuffed bugbear roughly the size of uh, Godfrey. Oh my my goodness. This is exactly what I came here for. Yeah, I'm like so glad I got this ring for that. That was such a great grab of mine. I love it. Arabella, thank you so much for... If you'll permit me to have this, my, my mother would be so happy. I don't know. That seems weird. I'll just hold on to it for a little bit. Okay, but I must insist this is the only thing I've come to this carnival for. 
<laughs> if you don't give it to him, I'm just saying we're gonna have to go back into the maze. I mean, like, I can maybe, maybe after we're done with the carnival and like we've had our fun, at the end of the day, I'll give it to you. Okay. Yeah, no, a hundred percent. I'll give it to you at the end of the day, like when we're done with the carnival. You can't leave now, so. Promise. Yeah, like a hundred percent. Okay. Okay, I can do that. Never thought this is so hard. See, see PVP <laughs> turn out. PVP over a stuffed bugbear. Oh. And this was the last one, right? They didn't have any any left. Def- definitely the last one. <laughs> I mean, you look over the prize booth, you're not sure the other prizes are nearly this quality. (laughs) I mean, certainly they're big and fluffy, but... Man, this one's just so... It's like the the perfect color. Uh, What's Godfrey's favorite color? uh, Mottled brown. It's it's a perfect shade of mottled brown. (laughs) The same kind that your mom likes. Just, Just to be fully transparent... This stuffed bait animal will help me survive the winter. <laughs> You're like really funny. Yeah, no, I'll give it to you later, but okay. no, no. Okay. It's mine for right now. I understand that. You get to hang on to it, savor the prize, but then please. please. <laughs> Chris, the bleeding in your eyes right now. <laughs> I swear to God, when I mentioned this fictitious prize in Make Believe Land, Chris's eyes got to the size of saucers. Okay, so the the exit to the maze is in the northwest, and it puts you right by um, a couple of other tents up in this corner. One of the tents has a sign that's that reads "Tent of Illusions," and then the other tent is the tent of modern wonders hooks among hooks this is these are both interesting <laughs> now uh, um, lady herabella as someone that is highly educated i do desire to visit the tent of modern wonders w- will you please also go with me uh, I cannot leave you unattended. That like sounds so great, but first I just wanted to see what's going on with all these fake illusions. So like right after maybe? Okay. I <laughs> uh, see. You can share all your fun facts with us when we go to the Modern Wonders. Uh, I very much so would take pleasure in that, Lady Mika. Oh my god, Mika, I thought this was like our day off from tutoring. It's a good compromise. He just seems so sad. That All is true. He's pretty <laughs> sad. Okay. Let's, let's, let's so tent of illusions first. Tent yeah, of illusions. You see underneath it says, uh, Madam Viscala, not only can she see your future, she can change it. Ooh, Willie is uh <laughs> If you could change your fate, <laughs> Willie. Inside the tent sits an old crone wrapped in an ornately patterned shawl. Her dark eyes burn like charcoal. She introduces herself with a croak that promises an expensive but unforgettable reading for a fee of one gold. Hello, my dears. Would you like to have your 
you chose red. I can do this for you for the small price of one gold piece. I will read your cards and predict your futures. I'd like to know how many carnival games I'm going to win today. She steps up uh, if, if no one else is gunning to get their, their future red. She'll step out and take out a coin, a gold coin. The lady picks it up, uh, puts on a, puts a monocle over her eye, checks the gold piece, bites it with her uh, two teeth. Seems good. All right, dear. What is it you would like to know? Is it really the, the carnival games that you want to know the outcome to? If you can go far into the future, I guess I'd like to see where I am when I grow up. Am I, am I my own person? An individual? Unique? Hmm, this is a very involved question you ask. (laughs) Let me see what the cards can tell us. And she pulls out a couple of cards, uh, places them down. Oh, interesting, interesting. Oh, this is very grim. Oh, I cannot believe this. A twist of fate. Or maybe a twist of your ankle leaves you unable to participate in these carnival games you so enjoy. Oh, my... It puts you out of commission for so long. You do indeed become an individual. An individual without any money on the streets. Abandoned because your abilities have left you. How very sad. As she reaches down and uh, grabs her ankle. No, that, that can't be. I don't want to be an individual that's poor. Mm, yes, you wear... Oh, dear, I see you wearing a potato sack on the streets. None of your vibrant pinks. I wanted to be different from my sisters, but better different. Mm, this does not look like a better different if your sisters are not also sad beggars. <laughs> <laughs> well, they are awfully sad, but they don't have to beg. Well, here's what I will tell you. For the small fee of an additional hundred gold, I can change your fate. You read it on the sign outside. What kind of fate are you offering here? I can make it so that ankle never gets harmed. So you won't have to end up sad and alone on the streets while your sisters parade about you with all their wealth and good clothes and good looks. I have seen this before, Mika Kimura. I know this is a trick. Make sure you lock in both ankles. (laughs) (laughs) That's so smart. Yeah, would this guarantee both ankles and also maybe wrists would be fine? You know what? I am doing a special offer for the day. Two ankles for the price of one. I can You'd protect be a fool not both to. of your ankles. And <laughs> why not we throw in the total wrist package as well? This might be a good time to sense motive or something. Yeah, that's uh, not not great, but... 15. I was going to say, I wouldn't be surprised if she gets swept up in this, though. That's a... Uh... Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
Yeah, you're pretty convinced that at the very least you think she's going to give you legitimate help. I, as Emily, don't want to do this, but this is definitely something that Miko would believe. Okay. So you spend the hundred gold and you hear like, And um, anybody with spellcraft can make me spellcraft. Uh, five from God. Okay, Godfrey. <laughs> Godfrey, okay. 21. <laughs> With a 21, uh, that's not really high enough to know what was cast, but you do know the second thing that was cast. Oh. It's called Contingency Spell. And so you think when the time is right, some kind of spell is going to go off for Mika. It's been cast on her. So you can go ahead and write down in your notes contingency spell for your character. Okay, maybe not as bad as I was worrying about. The contingency here is if you are hit with more than 10 energy damage of any energy type, if you are targeted with a death effect, or if you are grappled, paralyzed, or bound in some other way. Oh, thank you. I'll remember you when I'm beautiful and famous as an adult. <laughs> mm. Would anyone else like oh. their futures? I would like to participate. <laughs> okay, I'm seeing in the stars Mr. Pisov. Is that you? Yes, Ah. Uh. I'd I'd love to know. I knew it. He has, like, it sewn into his <laughs> <laughs> What would you like to know, dear? I would love to know exactly when I am able to return to the glorious Hormos and... Hormos? Yes. Just enough to get out of this uh, savage place. Mm. Let me tell, let me see what the cards will tell me. And she looks at the cards. Ooh. Hey, my cards are telling me that you are a, um, you are not a job hopper. You are a, a career man. You will stay in the same career for Almost your entire life. Oh, they cannot. Oh, no. I show you settling down. uh, And settling. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry. Oh, I am classically trained. There, There is no way there. I mean... I came here originally to start a, a beautiful religion, but this this community is foul. Well, what I, from what I'm showing, you may be classically trained, but the, by the time you are ready to leave, all the teachings that you learned are out of date, and nobody will have you then. You, you're useless. All you. You're the first edition of a textbook, and they're already on edition five by the time you're ready to leave. 
And by then, everybody is paying $225 for the new textbook, and they don't need you. Oh my, it is Pearson's fourth edition all over. Yes. <laughs> I, I believe. So. If I look into my cards, I have. I see another of you having a great career in modeling for them. <laughs> oh, now, I, I was able to uh, infer that you were able to change Miss Meekler's future. Now, please tell me you can do the same for me. Mm, yes, I could change your fate for the same small, small fee of 100 gold. Oh, absolutely. And he, he very quickly produces. And she very slowly counts it. Oh. <laughs> Now, is no. this your gold, or is this... Uh, <laughs> this is family gold. Family gold. Miss Creed. I'm sure you this is, this is out of my pay. In no way is this coming from uh, your family. I'd like to sense motive that. <laughs> <laughs> Seventeen. It really is my gold. Okay. Oh, okay. Wow. Yes, you pay. I can't wait to get out. You pay the hundred gold and uh, <laughs> the same kind of. She does the same kind of chanting, and um, you can also write down the contingency. Uh, same contingency, taking uh, over ten energy damage, suffering from a death effect, or being paralyzed or grappled in some way. Did she like do the same exact ceremony? I mean, she was she was doing like a hero reading, basically. No, I mean like the spell stuff. Did it look the same? Roughly, yeah. Okay, Arabella would step up and she'd be like, "I like don't need to know my future. I already know it. It's great. I'm going to be over the city, but I'll give you a hundred gold to get like that same stuff. Like that looked real good." Okay. I see you. I'm going to have to do a lot of work here. I see you not being a brat. In the future, I, that is the future I will change. Um, uh, and you give her 100 gold. Same deal. Same contingency. Is she holding anything in the future? <laughs> Would you like a reading? Mm. No, I'm, I was just hoping to piggyback off of that uh, well, she, she asked me not to um, not to actually read her future mm. oh, okay I hug the she just right. wanted me to change it for the better so I made her a little bit less of a bitch in the future mm. that could be good for me too <laughs> <laughs> if you intend on being around her sure great so I have contingency as well thank you okay all right so with some of your fortune's red you head out of the tent and uh, Mika was the first to receive a reading so the woman kind of as she's walking out tugs on your sleeve and she hands you a wand made out of a strange metal when the time comes use it well oh thank you this is great she doesn't have any... She's no idea what it is. She has absolutely no idea what it is. 
but is very thankful and knows that it probably does mean something to somebody else. Yeah, I have used magic device. But I do as well. I wouldn't know what it is. I have no spellcraft. I can spellcraft it. You could certainly try and spellcraft it. Yeah, Mika hands that, that, it right over. That sounds like a try to spellcraft, as in there's no way I'm going to get it. Well, I don't really have much faith in the cleric making this check. 22. Okay, he does. Oh, yay! Uh, it's a wand of shatter with 35 charges. Interesting. Oh, now, Miko. Excuse me. Uh, Lady Mikio. Uh, would you like me to hold on to that for you? Yeah, I can't really use this. It's uh, just a stick to me. That would be much appreciated. And I'll hold on to it. Okay. That was the Tent of Illusions. If you head across a bridge, you would see the Tent of Modern Marvels. Absolutely going to check that out. The Wonders of Modern Engineering Tent. At the edge of the cut yard stands an obscenely large tent that covers a sizable portion of fairground with its drab, grease-stained canvas flaps. Strange sounds, chugging clunks, grinding crunches, and loud, high-pitched buzzing drift from within. Every so often, a whistling boom interrupts the cacophonous orchestra, punctuated by a geyser of thick black soot that shoots through a hole in the top of the tent. Dozens of wide-eyed children scramble about the perimeter, eagerly sneaking peeks beneath the flaps or through knife holes poked into the canvas. They quickly dash off before the thick-booted lumberman, groundskeeper, can get a hold of them. Trailing from the front flap and around the side of the tent, a long line of lumberjacks, mill workers, and well-dressed individuals, presumably lumber barons, eagerly awaits entry. So uh, so Comstock Paddywhacker is going to lean over to, to Godfrey. You know, most people uh, uh, above the ground don't realize that uh, actually most of their, their modern technology was, was stolen from cobalts. We, we're an industrious people, so I'd like to see what, what new things they have stolen from us. They're thieves. Mm, that includes well, you. You just don't know it. Well, mm, I'll, I'll take it with your word. I don't know enough about this topic to dispute you, so I, I suppose we just go in and look. Mm. Cool. It's all tree stuff. It is all tree stuff. You see that there is a one silver piece entrance fee. I don't know. You guys might be running low on cash at this point. Everybody's throwing around hundreds of gold to get their uh, get their fortunes changed. We've won so many games, it's made up for it. Okay, fair. Fair enough. <laughs> so I assume you each pay a silver piece? Yeah. And you enter. The tent is crammed with strange towering devices of iron and steel held together on thick timber frames. The machines undulate to unnaturally precise rhythms as greasy cogs squelch slowly, rotating gear wheels and axles. Circumnavigating the colossal machines, a wooden plankway parades fairgoers through the tent while signboards posted before each machine extol the machine's capabilities and efficiencies. You guys are doing a walkabout here. You see that uh, the first machine is used to split multiple logs at the same time, and then the next machine is, uh, the, the plaque says, the planer. It's used to flatten out boards from from whole trees and you see the stacker looks like it does exactly what its name implies stacks wood put yourselves on the maps 
or right, you're heading right around the bend, around the stacker. And Comstock's just kind of absentmindedly talking to Godfrey still. Uh, you, you may be confused here. These are all for, for trees, and you might say they're un- under the mountains. There's not very many trees. However, there's a lot of fungus that grows that we need to harvest. So you would see why we would need inventions like this. We, we would invent things like this, and, and it appears that these have been co-opted by the long legs for trees. It's very clear. Oh, yes. Interesting. Yes. Everybody make me a perception check. 27. 29. Mm. 19. 21. 16 here. This will allow everyone to act in the surprise round. Uh-oh. I need everybody to roll me initiative, and then I'll tell you what you see. Godfrey, what's your initiative? 34 with a natural 20. Damn. Arabella. 19. Mika. 22. Willie B. 19. I assume Arabella goes first. Yeah, for sure. And then Comstock. Uh, that would be a 21. Okay. Everybody is kind of absorbed in their own uh, little worlds here as you travel through the tent of modern wonders. You notice something. All of you notice this, which is why you're able to act in the surprise round. There is a girl next to the chipper. No. And it appears she's gotten a little too close. And what you notice is that her dress, it looks like she hasn't even noticed it yet. Her dress has been caught by the machine. Godfrey, you're first to act here. Does it look like it's to the point where if someone calls out to her, she can extricate herself in time? It looks like she's going to get wrapped right up in the machine. Hmm. It's like a significant chunk of her dress. And she's wearing kind of like a thick garment. Looks like it's going to be hard to tear away. I mean, there's so not too many, like, spells I have prepared for this contingency. Um, so I think what Godfrey's going to do is he's going to yell out to her, mm, Ma'am, y- your dress is caught. Watch out. And he will try to, I guess, move at his full movement, so twice his movement over to her to try to, like, help her out of this. Yep. So this is a raised wood walkway. Uh you probably either want to run along the walkway or risk getting um, caught up yourself in one of these other machines. That's what I was thinking is a full movement around the walkway to try to get to her. Sure. Next in the order is Mika. So in the surprise round, could you still move? Oh, you can only move once. Right. Yeah, it's a surprise Oh, true, round. true, true. Mika also runs along the, the pathway here, her full movement. Yeah, so she kind of makes it around the bend a little bit further, but there isn't anything she can do from this far away. So she's putting all of her effort into running. So like Mayan's image, this is a really winding wooden pathway. She's like, the the girl's like, what, 90-ish feet away from us if we go all the way around the path? Yeah, she's pretty far away. Yeah. Yeah, if you follow the path. (laughs) But as the crow flies, she's maybe only 45 feet away or something. Potentially. Comstock. You're up next. Are you going to shoot the machine? That could get us in some trouble if we destroy one of these machines. Hopefully, you you better not miss. But it's something I could do. What Comstock's going to do is he's going to start moving. He is not going to jump off the path to try and make his way through the stacker. Being a small reptile, he'll probably get crushed immediately. So I'm going to move 30 feet. 5, 10, 15, 20 Shit, I can't really get there with uh, with where Godfrey's placed, so doesn't use this full complement of movement, but he's right behind his gripply buddy, and because uh, my 
BAB is over one. As I'm moving, uh, Comstock is going to yank his pistol from his belt. (laughs) Arabella, you're up. All right, so Arabella doesn't have anything range besides some daggers. And past 10 feet, we're going to have some problems. So with that in mind, she's going to follow suit to the rest, and she's going to move her full 30 feet closer. And I'm right behind my best friend, Mika. Okay, will it be? It's your turn. Quick, Miss Arabella, save that girl from falling over the edge. I will do my best to stop the chipper. And he is going to use his move action to pull out the Wand of Shatter. Wand of Shatter, okay. At the top of the first round, the girl hearing some of you yell out finally notices and feels the tug, and she screams, and she's kind of held in place as the chipper continues to pull on her. She's struggling, but she's not making any progress getting out of there. Godfrey, you're up. Yeah, again, not a lot of good contingencies for this that he has. I think the best thing that he can do is, again, move his full complement of movement, uh, which is going to be 60 feet up towards her. Can't really run in a straight line based on all this curving uh, walkway. So it looks like like he can move up to within 15 to 20 feet of her, just not close enough to actually help out or do anything yet. So that's his full turn. And she sees a small frog, evaluates her chances at surviving. It screams even louder. It screams even louder. <laughs> this hungry-looking frog starts running <laughs> at her. Yeah, he gets he gets real homicidal if he doesn't have his uh, fair prize. Mika, you're up next. With her just 40 feet of movement, she would be right at the same spot as Godfrey. Unfortunately, even within that range, like she could throw a shuriken, but that's not going to free this girl so she uses uh, both of her move actions to get up right next to uh, the girl and while she's moving she takes out her double chained camera and is ready to try to slice through the girl's clothing uh, or if it looks like she cut the girl try to grapple her and grab her back sounds good Comstock. All right. Comstock moves 30 feet forward. This is going to put him just slightly in front of Arabella. Let me look at my range increment here. Ah, I want to to shoot the dress. Make a perception check. All right. To try and and weaken it so it'll rip. Uh, Perception check. That is going to be a 17 total. Not particularly hot. 17, you do notice a lever. You think that might be... If you were gonna, if you were gonna uh, do some tricky fire in here, you think Ooh. shooting a hole in a dress probably not gonna be that helpful. But maybe if you can ping off this lever, you might be able to turn the machine off. It's, is that just somewhere on the chipper? I think it's no matter like, where it is on the chipper, that's still within the same range. Yeah, yeah, me. It's, it's like near the back of the chipper. It looks like you'd have to go around the business end of it to um, to get there. You can see it just fine. So it's like over here ish. Is that what you're talking about? Yeah, yeah. It's like right, right past the shoot. So what you're saying is, I got line of sight on it. You got line of sight. On it. <laughs> oh boy, it's time to get to business. 
Um, let me let me confirm this range increment. I want to be very sure here because that's going to determine whether or not I hit pretty heavily. This is going to be two range increments outside of my regular range increment. So I'm going to be shooting this at a at a minus four off of my ranged attack. He's gonna. What's your regular range? Twenty feet with a gun. So if it's forty feet. If it's forty feet, it would be your second range increment. Yeah. yeah. What the fuck am I talking about? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> For whatever reason, once I went past that first one, I started doing them in tens. That doesn't make any sense. Every five feet, another yep. range increment. Nope, doesn't make any sense. So uh, if that's only one outside, then I'm just going to be shooting at a minus two, which isn't terrible. And Griffin, I am resolving against this lever's touch AC. Good. I, I just have a DC I think you need to hit. 18 off the die. That is going to be a 27. With a 27, for the first time, you see this kobold line up this strange device he's been uh, whirring around at people and threatening people with. Um, you see him pull this thing out, and even above all of the din from all of the machines operating, you hear the report, just this poof, and the bullet sails narrowly missing the, the struggling girl and directly hits the lever at such an angle, causing the bullet to shoot up into the air, harming nobody, but but pushing the lever into the off position and turning Woo! off the machine. Let's go. Just for the listeners' understanding, what type of firearm did you just use? Uh, I, I, I believe I did describe it in episode one, but just as a refresher, because it's been a minute, it's a pepper box pistol. So it's just a, it's a handle with a trigger on it and a cluster of six barrels. Ah. <laughs> a weapon likely noted for its act. No, Absolutely. <laughs> okay. Yeah. When, when he, I mean, when he pulls the trigger on this thing, there's just massive recoil. It's using black powder, so there's this giant smoke plume that comes off him. It looks like a total mess. And you managed to save the girl. That's why they call me old Dead Eye. Take that, Arastal. We're like dead egg, am I right? All right, all right, all right. Let's not joke here. Okay. Let's not joke here. <laughs> oh, Miss Lady Arabella, this is a fine lesson in the dangers of modern technology. Wow, extremely productive. You're uh, shouting from 40. <laughs> <laughs> extremely productive. There are. And can be very dangerous. Arabella is running up to Mika, and she just says, like, on me, it's so funny that you think I'm listening. <laughs> and then she runs up to me. <laughs> Mika is standing right next to this girl, and so she uh, will do her best to help free the girl from the machine using her weapon if she needs to cut or pull the dress out. She frees yeah, the when child. the when the machine is turned off, it's pretty easy to lever kind of the the teeth uh, slightly apart and back to release the dress. And although frayed and damaged, you have both saved this girl's life and protected her decency. Oh. Pulling apart the teeth uh, without actually locking in, tagging out the machine is not safe, but that's fine. You live in a town that, like, a quarter of the population is maimed because of the lumber industry, so. Yeah, yeah. with that, by the way, Arabella makes a note, mental note, 
that she shouldn't allow dresses at the factories anymore. Wow. As if she has any say. <laughs> oh, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> but if you would have said that out loud, Willie would be very proud, but... Mental note. <laughs> never, never let Willie know that you're, uh, you're, actually, <laughs> you're actually taking some of these teachings to heart. Comstock's walking up to the rest of the group that's now crowding up against uh, by by this girl by the chipper. And yeah, we're the, all there. Yeah, and then he's he's reloading the the one barrel that he fired off. Just uh, as as a note, after every combat, I'm going to be reloading. So, saying that now, but yes, he does reload his his little hand cannon of a pepper box here. Miss, are you all right? How did you get in this predicament? I don't know. It seems you've noticed it before I did. Wow. Oh, that was terrifying. Thank you so much for helping. You're welcome. I don't know what that was in your hand, but you turned the machine off, I think, so you're my hero. He doesn't know how to respond to that. Nobody's ever called him a hero before, Griffin. Wow. She she blows him a kiss. Uh, he falls on his ass. <laughs> <laughs> oh, miss. Uh, anyway, it, was, it, was, it, was, it was nothing. It was nothing. Once again, we're like totally heroes of this place. This is great. We should be getting a medal. These poor kids here. This is a dangerous carnival. Yeah, set it. Are there some sort of like partition ropes between the machines and the walkway? Or is it just open plank or open walkway? For the most part, it's pretty open walkway. I mean, there's like there's like a railing to walk, but you can see that with the proximity of this machine, it's it's possible that it, with a flowy dress, it could just you know if she's if she's leaning on the railing, it could easily get caught. Literally, like the wind when we open up the tent flaps to come in could have gotten this, it. Like- this might be our fault. <laughs> <laughs> Change in pressure when we enter. <laughs> Probably got your dress pulled into it. We should talk to the people in the front. They should know that there's a dangerous machine that's way too close to the walkway here. Who knows? There could be another child in five minutes that gets caught. Mistress Miko, there is the an extremely smart thing for you uh, to bring up. I agree. I totally smell a lawsuit here. Against your father's company. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like, it's a concern of mine. So... We would go out and tell them. Yeah, uh, who's in charge? Guess the nearest to somebody in charge is that lumberjack groundskeeper that was charging admission and was kind of shooing the kids away from the tent. All right, since clearly it's not overly involved, or are there uh, lockout tagout points on all of the <laughs> machines so that we can make sure that they do not become accidentally charged? No. <laughs> <laughs> EHS is not a large component in Galarian. Oh, a university establishment would never, it would never allow some this sort of danger to be so exposed. That's how you can tell it wasn't built by the Cobalts, it was stolen from us. If it was built by the Cobalts, that girl would be dead. What? This machine Did would you... have been much more effective. I will say that Arabella knows that, like, Safety is like bottom priority, and that Absolutely no one could possibly sue the company because it right. runs the entire town. So, yeah. just putting that out there. That's, I mean, Airville has not said anything because she knows. Mika would speak up then, approach the lumberjack. We just walked through part of your arrangement inside, and 
there was a poor girl that was going to get sucked into that chipper. We were able to turn it off in time, but it's just so dangerous. You should make sure that stays off and maybe gets moved further from the path. Mm, kind of the point of uh, these marvels of modern engineering is that they're running. You know, that's what people pay the money to look look at. What I am more, most concerned about, I did hear inside, one of you goons damaged the machine. Uh, it's going to... It's going to be a pretty expensive repair. That whole handle is just uh, shot. It's going to be about uh, 50 gold or we're going to have to get the authorities involved. What kind of fool would do that? Mm, several of the people inside have said it was uh, the only scaled person in the building or in the tent at the time. Mm. I'm inclined mm. to believe that might be you, sir. <laughs> I don't know if I would take their word for it. There were two scaled beings in there. Mm, that guy kind of looks like he has a strange film on him. Looks more amphibious than a uh, reptilian. I'm getting clear reports that it was some kind of reptile. I'm not a herpetologist, but I think I know scales from uh, frogs. It's part of my archetype. Usually when I uh, there's conflict, I run away. <laughs> oh <my God>. <laughs> <laughs> Cops like just takes <laughs> off running. <laughs> Starts booking it. Uh, no, that's, that's like the flavor thing written into the bushwhacker, but... No. He really doesn't want to part with this money. It's just kind of like he's wasting time now to figure something out. Okay, I'm going to keep talking to keep this show on the road. Uh, the other thing you could do is you could go in and try and uh, attempt to repair it yourself, and that wouldn't... No, ah, that's what we'll do. Okay, go in there, uh, give it a look-see. Yeah, you guys can like go in there and fix it. I'll talk to him about future safety stuff. Mm, yeah, um... I was warned you'd be hey, here. No, uh, um, hang on. Screed. Just don't say anything. Um, like, don't say anything. Just yeah, like, it's fine. We'll talk about this private. Great. So then, once they've all gone inside, and she can talk to this guy about safety stuff. In reality, she goes into all right. So like, I'm gonna need you to keep any more injuries quiet. So I don't know what you need from me to do that, but. We can't let that leave. Like, I don't, like if another one gets hurt, I understand. There is no fixing this. It's just, like, I don't want that to get out. Mm, it's not really a big deal. You know, we'll call it viewer neglect. She was clearly standing too close to the machine. Uh, it's not a machine's fault that somebody threw themselves into it. Absolutely. Probably had a death wish to begin with. So, I okay, we're on the same page. That's fine. I just, this can't come back. Because, you know, that's just not good. We've already maimed most of the city. I mean, we already have a reputation. It's not really. <laughs> yeah, I understand. Much like, better. But let's not make it worse to these people outside the city. All right, Miss Creed. Certainly. I'll, I'll keep all injuries on the down low. Then she would walk into the tent and see where you guys were at. So inside the tent, I will roll uh, a knowledge engineering to see if I can fix this. Yep. I'm going to just use and mending. Like oh, I guess if that'll do it, yeah. <laughs> I was about to say I'm gonna roll knowledge engineering. If I fail, I'm gonna book it out the other end of the tent. <laughs> <laughs> and you trip into the planer. <laughs> right? If you have mending, then yeah, yeah you it's could, a non-issue. You, yeah. you could fix it with mending for sure. Well, you see, uh, Comstock, it, it's merely a bend of the middle. There uh, can be many ways to fix. So, uh, do we attach a new handle? Uh, do we merely bend it right back? And he, he might go on a little bit more, but 
just fix the, just bend the handle back to its original position like new. I didn't know all of uh, Willie B's spells came with like a side of a full ass lecture. <laughs> <laughs> is that your, is that your somatic component to cast? <laughs> yeah. It is. Yes. It is. That's what we talked about. It's, I'm, yeah. All right. It's not a trigger word. It's a full ass lecture. <laughs> So you manage to fix the machine and uh, you've seen what there is to see in the modern wonders tent. You actually see that, um, I mean, at this point, it's getting later in the afternoon, maybe early evening even. And you're, you see a crowd kind of, a, a crowd of people forming and they're, it's not everybody, but there's a decent group of folks that are heading to uh, heading across the bridge to the area that you remember is the had that uh, stage on it and there's murmurings um, any of you could make a diplomacy check to gather some information if you wanted to figure out what's going on I don't think anyone wants to talk to a frog with 14 diploma 22 17 I can't beat a 22. Okay. Willie, you you hear rumblings that uh, the man that runs the carnival is putting on a performance, an Amdrin Quinn. You also hear a little bit of other information. All of you, as you're kind of gathering this information, find some stuff out. Uh, so, Mika, I think you got the next highest, right? With a 17? I believe so. So you find out that Yes, Quinn is indeed the carnival master here, uh, but they say he rarely shows himself these days. The half-elf used to be some kind of an adventurer, one of the most famous about. He led some of his fellow, fellow carnies in a party called the Nightshades, along with his wife Tessa, at least until some horrible monsters in Darkmoon Vale killed her. Quinn ain't never been the same since. Willie, you find out that Quinn's cohorts were pretty disreputable curs before he rehabilitated them. You hear that since Tessa was killed, Quinn doesn't take much interest in the in the Minotaur. This person seems to, that they says that they wouldn't be surprised if, if the Minotaur returned to his old ways without Quinn bringing him to heal. So these are some things you just kind of hear as you as you ask around. But you do find out that the the crowd is forming to watch Quinn perform his famous uh, sword dancing. All right, I would pass that along to the rest of the party and scout out good areas to to watch if that is indeed what we want to want or want to do. I think it sounds like fun. Yeah, like definitely that's exactly what I want to do because I've got these two knives and I'm pretty good with them, but some sword dancing, maybe I can pick up like a move or two. Oh, would strongly suggest that uh, you practice before new moves. I I can't have you become an injured. I appreciate that sentiment. But she starts walking towards the crowd. <laughs> oh, uh, and, th- and that's it. Okay. So you cross the bridge to the other side of the frozen pond and head to the stage where people are gathering you see uh, uh, up on stage a sinewy half-elf. It looks like he's he's mostly just muscle and bone. 
and he's got a long face that seems to have like a sunken expression. Um, he doesn't even seem to react to the crowd at all. His eyes don't really focus on any of you, and he makes no attempt at addressing the crowd. He strides down the main thoroughfare, and he's swathed in a heavy black hooded cloak, moleskin gloves, and gray-black clothing, and high hard boots. Suddenly, he flourishes his cloak, and those of you that have spellcraft notice that he casts a spell. He draws two shimmering blades out of nowhere, and for the next five minutes, he begins to blend graceful twirls and acrobatics with a dazzling display of unsurpassed sword- swordsmanship. His dance concludes with a slow twirl that ends with Namdrin sheathing his blade smoothly and striding away, heedless to the din of applause that erupts around him. While this performance is happening, you can go ahead and make me a perception check. Woo, okay. That's going to be a 31. Uh, 32. <laughs> 14. Uh, I think you could just show up on this show and upstage me like that. Do. Well, you, it seems like you can. Damn. 22. 19. Comstock and Godfrey can tell that these, these swords he has are very highly magical. Uh, in fact, you think that they might be some kind of, like, named weapons. Ooh. You could roll a knowledge local um, to learn more. Only Comstock and Godfrey or everybody? Uh, they tell the rest of the group about the you know, the magical quality of the blades. Wow, look at those blades. Wow. Uh, that's going to be an 11. 16. 15. 21. Ooh, okay. Yeah, with a 21 growing up in this town, you might have heard of Namdrin Quinn and his adventuring party. And you heard that he fought using blades called Whisper and Shadow. She relays that to the party. He used to be an adventurer. Those blades are named Whisper and Shadow. You also know that he is um, hes what's known as a shadow dancer. For someone like Mika, he, he probably is someone she would almost look up to in terms of um, like one of the most skilled acrobats around, certainly in, in like the region. Yeah, she throughout the whole performance, she's just locked on him and all of the amazing feats he's able to accomplish so gracefully. He kind of strides off down through the crowd at this point. Are any of you doing anything or are you just um, kind of having taken in the show now ready to see what your next entertainment is. If he's out in the in the crowd, Mika would at least attempt to uh, reach him if possible. Walk up to him at least. Sure, he's. Uh, I mean, he's a wa- he's walking away. The crowd seems to be fawning over him, but he's kind of ignoring folks. How are you approaching him? She'll come up from behind. Mister Quinn, I saw your show. It was absolutely beautiful bit of an aspiring acrobat myself. Thank you for the kind words. An acrobat. That's exciting. That's... Follow your dreams. And he seems kind of very dispassionate and hollow in what he's saying. Were you able to follow your dreams? 
for for a time I did I I adventured with my wife the love of my life I think I was following my dreams then this carnival it's exciting for common folk like yourself but having been an adventurer well funnel cake and ice skating and getting spooked by a minotaur are not really things that excite me. That's fair. I've won almost every game now. They're starting to lose their appeal. Do you have any tips for how to how to get better? I want to be able to do what you do. He takes a moment and surveys you and sees that, yes, you do indeed have like seven of these dolls. Um, <laughs> that's interesting. You must be relatively skilled. We usually rig those games. <laughs> I'll have what? to... What? <laughs> I'll have to... Um, they're not usually easy to win. Show me what you got. I'm, you've piqued my interest a bit. He would point up, and you look above the stage. There are two platforms, and there is a tightrope. If you are so bold as to come up to me, an aspiring acrobat... I'd like to see if you can hack. I never back down from a challenge. Looks well, like fun. Then follow me up. And he nimbly climbs the acrobat's platform and... Oh, yeah. And he he moves, like, full speed across the tightrope. Doesn't wobble once. Just almost, almost like a... Um, adjacent Voorhees gate where he just like never falters in a like he just moves at the same exact speed the entire way across. No, what is this above? Is it just ice? There's no net or anything above it's this? It's just ice. Ooh, okay. How high up are we again? You guys are 50 <laughs> feet in the air. Ooh, oh boy. Okay. Mika uh, excitedly claps her hands after watching that display. My turn! And uh, she's going to attempt to move half speed, at least to start out with. Sure. I'm assuming this is an acrobatics. It so is that an is acrobatics check. Perfect. 23. With a 23, you are able to, uh, you, you balance yourself, you center your chi, and you make it halfway across. At the halfway mark, you are high enough in the air. You hear... A screen and this platform is right by the entrance to the ice maze make a perception check oh no I rolled a 1 so that's a 12 with a 12 you know that the screen came from the direction of the maze doesn't seem like Namdrin has noticed anything Mika had earlier joked about releasing the creature <laughs> we did. Uh, from the cage so not knowing exactly what happened, because she's hoping that it was just someone that got spooked by one of the, the sculptures. Uh, but she does yell across the rest of the way on the rope. Did you hear that? Mm, probably some overly excited townie lost in the maze. <laughs> Those carnies can be, well, they're, they're decent actors. I don't know. They were pretty... Pretty easy to catch. It didn't take us too long. I want to 
take a closer look. You're talking an awful lot for somebody in the middle of a tightrope. Yeah, she is going to try to cross the rest of the way across. <laughs> Only a 15. With a 15, you take a few steps forward and you really start to sway the rope. And at that point, the 15 is enough to allow you to maintain your balance and not fall. But you make no more forward progress. And you hear a scream again. And at this point, everybody can hear it. But honestly, like those on the ground, you can make a sense motive. Yeah. But only Mika can make another perception check. 14 on the sense motive. Nine. 23. 26. I rolled much better. It's a 30. So from the ground, Godfrey and Arabella, you know the difference between like an excited, scared scream and a pain scream. That sounded like a pain scream. Mika, you look out over the ice maze now. This time it it kind of like you hear the noise and it it kind of helps you zero in. Fortunately, you're at the vantage point in between the two points that gives you like perfect vision over the maze. In the center of the maze, you see the Minotaur. It looks like the Minotaur and there is blood all over the ice. And you know what I think? Before we figure out if Mika even makes it across. Cheers, folks. We'll see you next time. Oh Oh my my goodness! 50 feet in the air, Minotaur on the loose. We'll find out what happens next time. Hideous Laughter Productions is an officially licensed partner of Paizo Incorporated. Carnival of Tears is copyright 2007. Carnival of Tears and the Game Mastery module are trademarks of Paizo. Paizo, Pathfinder, their respective logos, and all Paizo titles, characters, and artwork are properties of Paizo Incorporated and used with permission.